it's very rare that we invite somebody from radio to our Wednesday live event called Innovation and Audio, but we're doing it tonight. Welcome to our live event known as Innovation and Audio. My name is Lloyd Ford with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We help local broadcasters make more money by being an affordable programming partner who can fully develop the right position for your local brand or brands in your market. Coach your morning show and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce your daily music logs, provide excellent voice trackers, sales and promotions ideas that move the ratings and the revenue needle. We're confidential and market exclusive for radio. Reach out anytime, FORD at RainmakerPathway.com. This live event is part of a podcast series called the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and will become available within about an hour of the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. What in the world are we doing today? March 9th, 2022, Amy Shadroff is with us. She is the co-host, KLIF News and Information in the Morning with Dave and Amy. She's a product endorser, a storyteller, an MC, and a trainer. And yes, the other night we talked about Amy a little bit, and we talked about these ideas of being a product endorser and storyteller and MC and trainer. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight, too. Before we get started with our current guest, I would like to give you a quick preview of a couple of things coming up on innovation in audio. First, March 16th, 2022, that is next Wednesday, Elizabeth Hamilton Gerino. Uh, she is the author of the Change Guidebook. She's on the Forbes Business Council. We're going to learn all about her and how to encourage change and how to deal with change. You can see our full upcoming guest calendar on our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. You'll also find free encouragement there for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series for programming and promotions. And of course, for local radio sellers, well, we've got even more encouragement for you with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in radio or audio to Day. We do not lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do. You could go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get for free from our team. So let's talk about Amy before we talk to Amy. Amy's uh, career in radio and television uh, has been something that revolves around verbal and written communication. In addition to her role as an on-air personality, she assists with programming decisions to make broadcast entertaining and informative. While much of the show is spontaneous, and you'll find this to be true about her, she is like that. Uh, she actually writes scripts and promotional material, gathers and rewrites material so that that material will convey required information in specific time slots during the show. She's also busy with social media updating during the show on the station's Facebook page and, of course, their Twitter feed. She has interviewed a president a Texas governor, uh, entertainment and sports personality, authors, and of course, countless others. Listen to these awards. This is really interesting. She's won the uh, Associated Press Broadcasters 
uh, for best anchor, best newscast, the best news anchor team, Anson Jones MD Awards for Excellence in Health Reporting, the Golden Mike Award for Best TV Newscast, the Best Daytime Newscast Award from the Radio and TV News Association of Southern California. Amy, welcome to the Encouragers and welcome to Innovation and Audio. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm very excited to be here today. Please, it's exciting to talk to you, and especially you, you kind of have this innovator's mindset. I know that you're always thinking about what's coming up, and we're going to explore that with you a little bit. So, I, you know, look, it all started for you at SI Newhouse School of Public Communications in Syracuse, at Syracuse University. Did you know exactly what you wanted to do back then? Actually, it started about five years before that. Oh, um, I'm probably dating myself, but it's when, uh, gosh, cable TV was just coming into play. And I don't know if you remember, but there were a lot of uh, local access stations. It was basically community television. And in my town of Canton, Massachusetts, where I grew up, it was Canton Cable 8. And yeah. I was sitting on the couch one day and I saw something flash on the screen saying, we're looking for volunteers for our local access station and for our new show that we're putting on called Main Street. And it was basically a magazine type program where they had a woman hosting and they had um, people doing reports from the field. And I literally jumped up from the couch that day and said, I want to do that. And my mother drove me down there so fast and that's how it all began. I started doing behind the scenes um, things, production, like uh, the computer graphics. When you see people's names pop up on the screen and the, the, the credits roll, I was in charge of that. Um, then I began taking the camera out and just shooting whatever I could find. I mean, just in my own home, I, I shot video of my sister playing the flute and then I graduated to actually doing man on the street interviews where I would stand in front of the post office and I would have a topical question of the day and I would interview people as they came in and out of the post office and then I, I would edit it together and it would air as a segment. It was called man on the street. And I would ask, oh gosh, all things. I remember one of the questions was about Nicaragua at the time because that was a hot item. So that was really, how I got the broadcasting bug. Now, and, wait a minute. Were, were you an extrovert, extrovert? Are you an extrovert? Did, did you have a problem talking to people and talking to people on camera? I'm actually um, very shy. I was very shy growing up and I'm still pretty shy, which is I know so weird for radio people, but when you're on the radio, you're really not talking to anybody. You don't see anybody. So it's kind of hard to be shy. Um, but I think I've become more of an extrovert over the years just because I've been in such situations where I have to talk to crowds and talk to people. But um, radio people, and I don't know if you know this, are usually mm -hmm. introverts. Well, that has never been my problem. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to depend on you for that. I, I will say this. were You, you were just explosively attracted to this idea that you were going to be a part of that. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I went to, when I went to Syracuse, I, I of course knew that the Newhouse School was um, 
the best in the country for broadcasting. And I actually started off as a television, radio, film management major. I didn't want to be on the air. I wanted to be behind the scenes. And mm. then I started working at the campus radio station, which at the time, and it still is uh, WAER, it's a jazz station, but it also has a top-notch news department and a sports department where so many uh great sport broadcasters began their careers like Mike Tirico and uh, Bob Costas and I could go on and on and on. Um, and I started as a jazz DJ and I did that for a while. And then I moved into the news department and started reporting news. And then I started anchoring news. And then I realized, hey, why am I a TRF management major? I wanna be on the air. So I changed my major to broadcast journalism, and that was that. Hmm. Listen, did you know how difficult it would be to achieve your dreams in this business, or has it been easy for you? Um, I knew it would be difficult because there's so much competition. At one time, I did want to go into uh, TV reporting, um, and I did try to get a job in that, but I always found it easier to move up the chain as a woman in radio uh, because there aren't a lot of really, really good women in news and it was easier for me to move up. I also um, am married to a TV news reporter. So we've sort of had to negotiate our careers together and plan moves together. So that has been another challenge, well, but, uh, but it's, been... it's worked out well. That's probably not always been easy for y'all to do, right? Um, actually, yes, it has been. Um, we've mostly moved for him, and I've always managed to get a job because it was easier for me to get a job in radio. Um, there was one time we moved for me, but he was still reporting at his old job in Fort Myers, Florida, and I was anchoring news in Tampa. Well, and listen, uh, you know, you're telling an interesting story. Usually when we have women on our live events, they talk about, you know, this is a man's world and here's all this stuff that they had to put up with and go through. Do you feel like you had a niche that was different? Um, I've always worked with men and I've always gotten along well with men. Um, and to me, it was just I was always kind of one of the guys you know, wherever I was, whether I was at KFWB in Los Angeles. I was the youngest anchor, actually, when I was at KFWB. I was 27. Um, wow. So that was really young to be on the air in Los Angeles. Um, and then I was always the youngest until, you know, <laughs> until I turned until you 30. Weren't. And then I became 35, and then I became the oldest, right? Um, wow. Wait a minute. Did that happen all in one day? Did you go, oh, wait a minute. All of a sudden, no. Yeah, well, I guess you realize that. I, when I came to Dallas, I think I realized that. Um, but before then, I always seemed to be the youngest person around. But I don't know. I just always felt like it was pretty easy for me to get a job. I know when I moved here to Dallas, I had something like three or four offers um, that I could choose from when I came here. So, which is why we always, you know, just waiting to see what, where my husband lands. Right, and, right, right. And then I follow. 
All right. So look, you you strike us as somebody who is friends with innovation. You're not just a co-host of KLF News and Information in the Morning with Dave and Amy. You're this product endorser, storyteller, MC, a trainer. Uh, do, do you feel broadcasters need to have these different lanes of competency in 2022? And, and do we need to kind of span out? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, you don't want to get left behind. So you need to be proficient in social media and you need to, um, you know, I, I, I'm lucky where my station allows me to do endorsements. So I do that as a revenue stream. Um, I also do, you know, have done some media training um, over the years to help, um, you know, companies and corporations um, learn how to talk to the media because it's not always easy for people to do. Well, and I always feel like people in radio don't think about the things that we're naturally armed with that other people wish that they kind of had, right? Yeah, the, the gift of gab, I guess. Well, <laughs> no, it's not It's not just that. It's the gift of, uh, for many of us, storytelling, keeping things moving along, being curious, and, and, and getting people to naturally tell their story, which they can anyway. I, well, I actually was talking to somebody last week, and I should have said this then. I'm going to say it now. You know, Lionel Richie used to say this all the time, and he was, uh, he was back when he was really a kid still. He's like, I knew that there were people that couldn't tell their story to their girlfriend, right, or their wife. They, they couldn't say in words what they were feeling and i thought well i'll do that for them and boom so i think people in our business are good at projecting they're good at uh kind of taking possession of a room or possession of an, an idea and moving forward listen for you you kind of started out producing television is this what i understand correct um, well, it came sort of in the middle of my career when I was in Los Angeles. Uh -huh. um, I was working, actually, I couldn't get a job in radio because people, there were no jobs to be had, honestly. Right. People go and they stay. Um, so I got a job producing at KKL TV in Los Angeles um, as an associate producer and a producer. And then I got part-time job um on the radio at KFWB. And then I had my first child and I decided, well, I wanted to spend more time at home with her because I didn't want to do the daycare thing. So then I worked part-time in radio, but it turned into almost like 40 hours a week because they needed me to fill all kinds of shifts. Well, sure, right, it's the radio business. Did you feel like you were sort of a, a pitch hitter in Los Angeles because you were on TV and radio, you were doing both kind of, right? Well, I wasn't on TV. I was behind the scenes. Well, um, you say that, but for a radio guy, I'm like, if you're in it, you're on it, sort of. <laughs> that's why I, you're, I, that's why you're time, having trouble with me I enjoyed there. doing both at the time. Um, quite honestly, my heart has always been in radio. Um, mm. Growing up, uh, my dad was a, a big news talk guy, and he used to listen to talk radio all the time. And I kind of credit him with my love for radio. Um, I used to uh, have a Sony Walkman as a kid. And, you know, I'd go to bed at night and pretend I was sleeping. But really, under the covers, I'd be listening to talk radio on my headphones. Do you feel like you were trying to get the approval of your dad? 
Um, I don't think so. I just, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, well, well, listen, tell us, uh, because you, you have worked in both. Notice how I used in and not on right there. <laughs> Uh, how different is television and radio, uh, according to you? You said uh, you're so much more passionate about the radio. I want to ask about that, too. But but I want to ask about the difference between the two. You know what the difference is that I used to see and um, I didn't like it? It takes so many more people to get something on the air on television. You have a reporter, but you have a producer and you have a writer and then you have an editor who needs to edit it. And then it has to get get on the air with someone helping out in that. There were just so many people to get it on the air. Um, and and that used to, not that it annoyed me, but it's just, it seemed like so many steps. Where well, I'll tell you something interesting. People don't talk about this as much anymore. And I wonder why not. The radio, because of everything that you just said, is rapid. It's more immediate. It just yes. takes one person. I can make a phone call and I can say, get me on. And there it is. Um, right. And that's what I love so much about radio. It is so immediate and it doesn't take a million people to get something on the air. How do you feel about how much radio has changed? Surely you've seen a lot of it. Let's call it adjustment to be kind. Um. You know, unfortunately, there's <laughs> there's fewer and fewer companies that are right. investing um, in in radio and um, and local news. The news teams across the country have shrunk in size, and you know that is disturbing um, because I think local radio news is where it is to inform people, and it's so, like I said, so immediate. And it has changed. I mean, back in the day, I mean, we didn't have to think about putting a story online. We didn't have to think about tweeting or Facebooking or podcasting. I mean, who even That's thought right. about podcasting? It wasn't even on our radar. And now we do all those things. Well, um, and look, you just said something interesting uh, that that makes me want to ask you this question. You know, I noticed and I I shared an article about this recently that radio and television appear to be going in different directions. Everything that you're saying about radio, television is the opposite. They're gobbling up more hours for local news, right? It seems like, yeah, more and more um, stations are adding local news or local <laughs> newscasts. And I think, and I don't know if it's because their programming is too expensive and it's cheaper to do local news for the TV stations. I think that may be part of it. Well, Amy, I'll tell you what I believe pretty strongly based on uh, research and knowledge and talking to people in the industry as well, that that is they are protecting their local brand because outside of that local news, uh, let's just say the television looks to be dissipating hard. Well, everyone's watching Netflix now and all, hey. all the streaming services and no one really watches TV anymore. That's exactly right. But I find it to be really interesting, the divergent between radio and television, where television is pouring back into news and radio is kind of evaporous with personalities and going national, if you will. Right, right. And that's, and that's sad because people really enjoy their local personalities. They feel like they know you. 
Well, and I always say, look, uh, with the, the two different things that are happening with radio and television, somebody's wrong. <laughs> so, I'm not kidding. I mean, how, how can they both be right? They cannot both be right. Somebody is wrong. And so it's going to be interesting to see what that is like. Listen, I am fascinated with a couple of things about you. One of okay. them in particular is I know some amazing people who have been involved with WDBO in Orlando. Uh -huh. What was that environment like for you? Oh, it was it was a great environment. I worked under Marsha Taylor, who's still there. She was news director at the time. Right. And it was it was a great news department. And we broke stories. Um, I was there for 9-11, um, and I worked with Kipper McGee, who's a great program. Oh, yeah, right. We know and, Kipper. Yep. In fact, Kipper was the one who helped me get my job in Dallas at WBAP. So I always say that, um, you know, never burn your bridges with anybody or anything. And especially um, Kipper, because he's a really cool guy. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> Listen, can you tell us right quick your 9-11 story? Because we all have one, and here you were probably, I'm guessing you might have been on the air. Well, actually, I I used to work in Orlando, not only at WDBO, but for the FM country station, K92FM. I did the news in the mornings for the morning show. Right. Um, and I had just finished that shift, and I was recording um, a public service show. We all used to love doing those, right? <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> when I I just heard all kinds of noise and chatter in the newsroom from the scanners, and I come out and I said, what is going on? Um, and that's when I looked up on the TV and saw what was happening. And of course, being in Orlando and Disney World being a, a potential target, they yeah. shut down Disney World, which was the first time they shut it down, I think, ever in its history. Wow. Um, and then it was my turn to um, start anchoring at 10 a.m. And while this is all going on, I have family in New York City. Oh, no. So I'm trying to contact them and make sure they're okay. Um, and then I'm on the air and I remember talking to Ann Compton and she was with the president at the time and no one knew where the president was. That's right. For the longest time. And I was talking to Jamie Dupree, who was our Washington correspondent, and it was just chaos. And I remember thinking that that we're under attack. And right. then the plane started falling in Pennsylvania and the one hit the, the Pentagon and it was just crazy. And I remember, I think I was there all day working. Oh, I can't imagine that you could let it go, really. And look, the only thing that we kind of have to compare it to historically is like the Kennedy assassination. I know you're in Dallas and everything, but I'm just saying, look, that was a moment where you're like, what's going on? Nobody knows what's happening, you know? Mm -hmm. And we, we've not really had one of those in what I would call the modern era. And boy, that was a doozy, wasn't it? Oh, it really was. It really was. Well, let's talk about Dallas a little bit because I see WBAP and a lot of us in radio, we know what that is. And how did you decide to make the move to WBAP? I, I, I sort of think you had a bunch of offers, but I want to know about BAP. Why did you choose that? Well, I did have 
three offers. Um, one was to do afternoons at KLL, KRLD, which is the other news station in town. One was to do, um, it was with Metro News at the time. I don't right. even think they exist anymore as Metro News. And the other was from WBAP. And um, I had young children at the time. And my husband always did the I work mornings thing and he works nights. Nice. So BAP had the morning job that they offered me. And so it was a no brainer. So that's what it came down to, right? So that's what it came down to. Yep. Okay. So Orlando to Dallas, that's a huge leap. Did, did it feel like a giant leap to you? Because I'm just going to say in Orlando, you had a lot going on and, and look, we all know that it's a, it's a big market jump to Dallas, but did you no. feel like that was a giant leap? Well, I had worked in LA, so right. no. So it, it really, it really wasn't uh, for me. I mean, we moved to Dallas because of my husband's job. Right. So, and then I followed and got a, I said, had like three offers and started working almost immediately after we got here. No intimidation at all. Nothing. No. And I was on BAP um, for nine years mm -hmm. before I went over to KLIF to host the morning show. Yeah. Look, KLIF, you're doing the morning show. That's a big job. Ten years now. How did that evolve? What what happened there? Um, <laughs> I still don't know what really happened, actually. <laughs> um, I guess they 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 wanted to increase the ratings, so they moved me from BAP to KLIF. And they paired me with Dave Williams, who had actually worked in Sacramento for many, many years and Los Angeles. He actually worked at KFWB after me, after I was there. And he was in Chicago at the time doing a startup there. Um, and then that went belly up. When you're so, not guaranteed success at this radio station, they fling the two of you together. And Well, that's the thing is, is you never know. But our program director at the time, Tyler Cox, just kind of felt like I would really go well with Dave Williams. Um, and you know what? He's right. And you can't create that kind of chemistry. I mean, it's very rare for uh, a team that is thrown together to really gel and work well together. But Dave and I really like each other and we're really good friends. And that is rare too, because there are so many situations where there are co-hosts who just hate each other and the mic goes off and they're storming out of the room or they're not talking to each other or, or something like that. And there is none of that between um, Dave and I. I mean, we're just chatty Kathy all morning long. Well, and that thing you're talking about, that chemistry thing, uh, for people who've not put morning shows together, uh, it is, um, what is the word? nightmare i mean <laughs> it's I, hard uh, honestly yeah it is you know elon musk says space is hard he should try to put a personality morning show together uh it's just as hard i can assure you listen your linkedin profile says this it's a quote quote i'll do whatever it takes to get the job done unquote do 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 people i i guess what i'm saying is you know, do people know the challenges of getting your job done every day? No. It's a lot, right? It Well, first of all, I get up at 3 a.m. in the morning, every morning. So um, people really 
don't know that part of it. And, and that's hard. That's hard to do when you have a young family. It, it's just, it never gets easier to get up at 3 a.m. in the morning. No. Um, so that's a challenge. And it, it makes you say no a lot on the other end when people ask you to do things, you know. Um, Are you good at that? Are you good at saying no? At first I wasn't, but now I am. Right, right. Because I have to, you know, I have to, I have to get to bed. Um, so well, I listen, don't go when, when you're doing a show like the one that you're doing with, with Dave, I, how much prep is involved in, in say every 15 or 30 minutes on the air? Because, you know, for people who have not done it, you know, you just go ahead and sashay right on into one of these studios and start talking and see how long, <laughs> you know. And you, see how you, that goes, right? Yeah, that ain't going to go well, right? Uh, for most people, probably not. Um, actually, we start our show prep the night before. Right. So I actually haven't done mine yet because I'm usually doing it around this time. Um, so I'll do it after. But uh, Dave and I... We scan, oh my goodness, I can't even tell you how many websites and how many stories. And we look at our Facebook feeds and we look at our Twitter feeds and we email stories back and forth to each other. Do you have independent targets like I'm going to take these things and you're going to take those things or is it just free for all? Um, I know some of the websites that he likes to pull from, so I kind of stay away from those. And then I pull from the ones that I know that he doesn't necessarily visit all the time. A lot of times we say we're sending the same stories back and forth to us. Obviously, we want the to cover the, the top stories of the day, but also we want to find the talkers. We want to find the stories that will make you think. We want to find the stories that you can relate to. Um, and I always say that life is show prep. So not only do we search the internet for stories and, and our news sources. But um, whatever we do during the day, a lot of times ends up on the air because people can relate to that. That's right. And there are observations right. that we have made throughout the day on certain situations and certain things. Is there a kind of story that when you see it, you go, oh, I know that's for me. And I know that that's going to work for me and Dave, and I'm going to do that. Um, oh yeah, we, we, we always can tell, I, I don't know that I can give any examples, but right, right. Um, yeah, we, we know the ones that are going to be really good. Well, Hey, we can all listen tomorrow morning if we want examples, right? <laughs> <laughs> so look on KLIF, the ratings were not there when you began, right? What was, what was the feeling about what might've gone wrong before and how you could fix it? Um, I think it, I don't really know what went wrong before, honestly. Um, but Dave and I started just building our audience day by day. Um, and it took a long time for people to catch on. But now our ratings are phenomenal, are really, really good. We have a younger audience that we're getting, which is uh, really great. We have people who email us and follow us. And it's been very rewarding. But it has taken a long time for it to grow. Well, and don't you think that good quality things, that's what it takes? I mean, you can show me somebody that's become successful fast, but the question is, will it last? Yeah, and I think people really like us. I mean, we're, we're easy to listen to. Um, we try not to be controversial. 
you know. Is that we, true? You don't you don't do any. You must have you must touch on things that are controversial sometimes. We do, <laughs> we do. But I, I mean, Dave is a little less conservative with that than I am because I have such a strong news and journalism background um, that it was actually hard for me at first to give more of my opinion. Now I'm more comfortable with it. Um, but I still try not to go out there too much. Has it been this younger audience that you've picked up, which look, that is so important. People don't understand that, especially in a talk format, but in any format, it's important to be able to, to pick up younger audience as well. Do you think that's coming from your social, Amy? Um, I think some of it, but also we try to pick stories that pertain to a younger audience. Um, you know, I mean, I guess who we try to target is really around my age. I'm 52. Right. Um, so we try to focus on a lot of stuff from my generation. Um, Dave is older. He's 70. Um, and our producer, who is no longer with us, was um, was in, in his 30s. So when the three of us together, we had three different generations. Oh, sure. Which sure. is actually kind of cool. You bet. Now, look, you and Dave, you hold down the the 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. news and information with Dave Williams and Amy Chardoff. And, and, and you've been doing it for 10 years. That's no small accomplishment in Dallas, or at least I. I feel like that's a that's a big deal. What is the key to your success together? Is it that you like each other? Is it that you both work hard? What is it? Well, yeah, I think it is. We like each, we like each other on and off the air. Um. We're friends. We respect each other. Um, we can have conversations when we disagree about things and no one gets mad, which is amazing. Oh, nice. And um, we agree on what a good story is. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> like a lot of times he'll find something and I'll be like, he's like, oh, I just found this. I'm going to put it in there. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So. You know, so you really feel connected to him and you guys are connected all the time. You've already described that sometimes you send stuff back and forth when you're not together. Right. Oh, yeah. We do that every day. And, and even, we text each other, you know, even on the weekends or we have ideas or. Yeah. Let's talk innovation for a minute. First, to do well on the radio, I'm just going to put this out there. You have to innovate. You have to change. You have to update. You don't do that. You're going to be dead. How much conversation is there about innovation at KLIF in general and within your morning show? Um, we're always looking to have new segments and new ideas. We had uh, a producer who just left who came up with new segments and new ideas that really brought life into the show. And now we just have a new producer who just started, who I'm sure will bring in different segment ideas to the show. Um, so that always breathes new life into the, into the show. So that's good. Um, and we started a new podcast oh, that yeah. is extending our brand, which is nice. Uh, it's called brain crumbs with Dave and Amy. So that's exciting. Um, and we're watching that grow. So I think we're up to episode six now. That we've done we've recorded episode seven but i haven't posted it yet so yeah so listen uh is there coaching involved with you and dave does does somebody on staff do it is, are there external coaches do you like coaching what happens there 
Um, no, there really, really isn't any coaching um, that we do. I, I mean, I'm open to it, obviously, if right, right. Uh, the company wanted to do that type of thing. But uh, no, we just kind of do our own thing and, <laughs> and off we go. Well, let's talk about the importance of innovation in your job specifically. In other words, we know that consumers are changing. We've all, um, and there's not, I don't think there's anybody on the planet, you don't have to talk to broadcasters that didn't experience some systemic adjustment, let's call it, during the pandemic. Uh What does that mean radio has to do to continue to evolve? You know, like, what... (sighs) How is radio evolving now? Because it it does look like you you mentioned brain crumbs a minute ago. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that in a minute, too. But but I think it is important for us to always be thinking about how we evolve to be where the listeners are and be in their lives. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the pandemic, I mean, we obviously worked from home. Uh, during the pandemic. And that was challenging. That had its challenges because, um, you know, we were connected via internet and that always isn't a stable connection to the station. And um, there were things that went wrong and and things like that. But I think the listeners understand that, you know, especially during the ice storm that we had um, last year. I don't know if you remember that in Dallas. Mm. And Dave and I were working from home and we had rolling blackouts. So c- can you imagine hosting a radio <laughs> show with rolling blackouts? No, no, and, no, no. How did you do that? Well, the funny thing is, I think we were on different um, cycles with the power company because I would lose my power and his would go back on. And then he'd lose his power and mine would go back on. Um, so and that's how listen- we did the show. And then listeners would go, y'all planned that. Surely you did. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when he would go out, I would I would take the helm. And then when we were both on, we would both handle it. And then, um, you know, when I was off, he was on. So. All right. And who handled it better, in your opinion? I'm just going to ask that, you know, did you do better than him or did he do better than you? Or did you both just try to catch up? I think we both just did the best that we could. And during that time, we took so many callers. Um, we open up the phone lines, which we normally don't do, but there were just so many oh. stories out there. Speaking of storytelling, yes. um, I remember talking to a woman who was disabled and and couldn't get out of her home. And she was just the things she was saying were unbelievable. And we were trying to give her advice, you know, to call the fire department to come help her. And um, we had people out there on the roadways and we had an Uber driver who was calling us, you know, so it, it, it's at a time like that is when storytelling is at its best. Well, and also when radio can be at its best, too, if you've got the right kind of host who are willing to open up like that, willing to have people share their stories, uh, confident to to engage them. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, I, and that's the thing is I love people's stories and I love hearing about people's lives. I mean, I'm one of those people who reads obituaries just to read about people's lives. I know it's odd, but <laughs> no, I do I that. Like that. No, I do that same exact thing. I'm like, and you're, you're looking around going, I hope nobody's seeing this. <laughs> you know, I love biographies though. Listen, Oh, so do I. So do I. I I've read so many. 
yeah, I want to talk to you about brain crumbs. I want to know whose idea. I want to know, was that a move to extend your brand? Is that personally owned by you two or is it owned by the company? What's going on there? Well, Cumulus, um, our program director came to us and said Cumulus wants to expand its um, you know, podcast. So everyone's going to have to start doing a podcast and it can be, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be anything you want. It can be a hobby or, you know, an interview segment. And at first Dave and I were going to do separate things, but then I said to him, why are we doing separate things? Why don't we do something together because we're so good together and just focus on things that we don't have time for on the show. Right. So give Um, us an example of what that might be on breadcrumbs. Well, we have a, this past week, we have a movie reviewer that we review movies with every Friday, mm-hmm. but we've never really had a chance to talk to him about how he got interested in movies and how he goes about the reviews and what his favorite movies are and things like that. So we did that this week. Uh, we also have done an, all, we did an all about Amy segment. We did an all about Dave segment. Um, I tried my hand at NFTs. So uh, we did a segment all about NFTs. We talked to Warren Eckstein, who's a pet expert in Los Angeles, about pets. So it's just things that we think may be interesting that um, we don't have time for. And as far as the name, Dave, I'll give uh, uh, kudos to Dave on that. He came up with the name. And it's basically brain crumbs because after four hours on the air all that's left of our brain are brain crumbs well and look you can really tell um if you download this or if you go to the website and and listen to it you can tell the chemistry the chemistry right away yeah and i and i laugh and and my laugh has that is my laugh <laughs> and uh, I don't make it up. And um, some people love it. Some people hate it. Dave loves it. He thinks it's great. And it's kind of my signature. Um, so I think it is good. I think it makes people comfortable too, right? That you can laugh and they can laugh with you. We like to have fun in the morning, you know, hey, radio, radio that. Isn't serious. I mean, there is a lot of serious news and there's a lot of horrible news that we do, um, especially lately between Ukraine and Russia and with COVID and, oh my, I could go on and on and on. But How do you handle those things? How do you handle that war over there? Because look, the oil prices, the, you know, we got inflation, we got uh, uh, all the supply chain issue. And of course the COVID stuff has just been, people are tired of COVID. Right. I don't think we've done too many COVID stories anymore. I think that's kind of, gone by the wayside now we're we're all ukraine russia all the time it seems like and you know when you're when you're hosting a show that can get exhausting and it's you know you you get off the air and you're just mentally exhausted from it all oh yeah well i mean it's a uh, i'm sure it's highly emotional or at least i think it would be uh you must be telling some stories as well as to what's going on right oh definitely definitely and people don't realize and i it's kind of hard to explain, but when you're on the radio for four hours every day, um, sometimes I get off the air and I just want silence. 
Yeah, my version of that is to tell people, you go ahead and talk for four hours. Well, well, sometimes I don't feel like, you know, I don't want to have a phone conversation or I don't want right. to talk. Oh, by the way, uh, anybody who wants to, you go ahead and have a four hour show where you're intensively talking about things and you make it interesting and then see if you want to talk to everybody afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I, I'm grateful that you want to talk to me now, which is really great, right? So, woof. Um, no, no, it's good. Maybe if it was an hour later, I don't know, but yeah, I'd be in trouble then, right? You're good in the six o'clock hour Central Time. Nice. Listen, I've seen that you are involved in one of my favorite things, uh, which I think drives innovation. By the way. You use this, you sling this word around, curiosity. You you, have to be. You have to be curious. Well, but I mean, look, you and I know that we have a couple things in common. That whole obituary thing, we're weird. (laughs) And, And then biographies, and that makes us interesting. And now curiosity. How do you use curiosity? And have you always been curious, Amy? Well, I guess as a reporter, you're always curious because you're always asking questions. In fact, I sometimes feel when I meet people that I'm always interviewing them because I'm constantly asking them questions. And sometimes I I have to say, oh, my gosh, it's not a radio subject on the air. Right, right. (laughs) You know, because I find myself interviewing people um, because I'm curious and I'm interested and that's what I do. And I think the minute that you stop being curious is the minute you should probably get out of the business. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, you know, Ron Howard, right? You know who that is. Mm -hmm. And he has a producing partner and I cannot remember his name. He's the one with the fuzzy hair, you know, and they produce all the movies. And he wrote a book a couple of years ago on curiosity. And I highly recommend it for anyone and everyone. Mm. So if you're into curiosity, I highly recommend you look that up. You can find it. Uh, uh, Brian Grazier is his name. I think if you're a news person, you're just generally curious because and you don't oh. believe it. You don't believe everything. Oh, wait and, a minute. So wait. So you're curious and suspicious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. is your, is, does your, is your husband prepared when he sees you for this? These two things? <laughs> but he's the same way. See, we're both reporters. Wow. So, you know. All right, so let's talk about a little advice for people because we love doing that on the encouragers too. As we say, we are encouragers. Do you have any advice for somebody who might like to follow in your footsteps? What would that advice be, Amy? Um, My best advice, I guess, is to never give up. Um, If people tell you no, you don't take that as a a final word. Um, Try to... Go in through the back door sometimes, and I'll give you an example. Um, when I was in college, I tried to get a job at the WSYR in Syracuse at a professional uh, news talk station, and the news director said no. So I got a job on Y94 FM as an overnight DJ. Uh, I went by Amy Allen. And I worked Saturday to Sunday morning overnights for Tom Langmeyer. You may know him. Another wonderful programmer. I actually do, um, yes. Do you? Very yeah. good. We were both very young <laughs> back in those days. And um, I worked every weekend. And one day I got a note in my mailbox from the news director at our sister station saying, hey, I have an opening. Are you interested? Nice. So you never really know um, 
what opportunity will lead to another opportunity. So if you maybe of not getting a job in your particular area, maybe try something else and it may lead you to that. Right. Um, so that's one piece of advice. Also, my other piece of advice, and I'm, I'm big on this, is to never put anything negative in an email. Oh, nice. Or in writing. That's the Abraham Lincoln rule, by the way. And always be nice to people because you never know when you're going to meet them again. They may become your boss the next time around or they can help you and always help out um, the younger, the younger, the younger kid. Always help out interns or people because they're going to be the next you. Um, Do you mentor people, Amy? Oh, I have over the years. Yeah. And I've gotten so many people jobs over the years. Um, because I like to do that and I like to help people out. All right. So if you're looking for a job in news or something else, you just call <laughs> me up. I don't know how much help I can give anymore, but back in the day, you know, sure. I, I, I knew a lot of people. I guess I still know a lot of people. But. Uh, my, uh, my curiosity is that you probably do. Amy, I want to thank you for joining us on Innovation and Audio. I do hope you'll stick around for a few minutes in case somebody from our audience might have a question for you. Does that sound okay? That sounds perfect. All right, look, if you've not subscribed to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast, you are already missing out on great content every single week. We already have a growing archive of shows for you. You won't believe what you'll hear that can improve the value of your actual career. While you're listening to this live event, please make sure that you have joined the Encouragers here on the Clubhouse app. And uh, please share that with friends and radio and uh, people who are involved in audio in general. Of course, you can always find out what our guests are talking about every single week by joining us here on the Clubhouse app, or you can just hang out and grab the on-demand podcast, the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast. We have another podcast, too, that's called the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Both of these podcasts are on Apple, Audible, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. By the way, we're about to open up the room in case there are questions for you, for our guest. All you have to do is push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or Android device to raise your hand. We'll bring you up on the stage live. By the way, you don't have to do that either. You can also send me a question through the IM channel here on the Clubhouse app, and we'll get it done that way. I'll be glad to do that. You don't even have to get up on the stage in front of people. On the encouragers, our goal is to encourage radio pros at all levels. This includes, by the way, helping broadcasters selling radio advertising. We now have a quarterly radio sales exclusive event that you can attend for free. If you missed our first quarterly sales exclusive event called the 2022 Sales Liftoff, you can find that podcast episode in the free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com or subscribe to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast or the Encouragers innovation and audio podcast anytime it's in our archive already for you however i want to ask you to save a date and share it with people in your sales department of course uh, this date is associated with our q2 event april 14 2022 and it is our next exclusive sales event for market managers, sales managers, and local radio sellers we're calling our upcoming q2 sales event uh, getting higher sales now in a crowded marketplace. If you're in sales, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Our guests will include my very fabulous co-host, Alec Drake from Drake Media Group, and both Dave Deutsch, who is president of Midwest Family, and Brian Maloney, who's vice president of Capital Broadcasting. These are real experts on the ground developing revenue in their market for their teams. They're going to share with you inside tips on how you can get more done, get more revenue cleared, and uh, have more success for your team in Q2 and remaining 2022 revenue. April 14th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Don't forget, coming up this Monday on the Radio Rally, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I sound like a broken record, don't I? We love that time. March 14th, Casey Carter is the program director of WNOE in New Orleans, the custom format lead for mainstream country and new country iHeart Media. She's going to talk to us about what she's got going on, what iHeart is doing, and what you might should be doing. Please tell your friends in innovation, audio, and specifically radio. They can get our free resources anytime at RainmakerPathway.com. And, of course, I do have a couple of questions that came in from the IM part of the platform. Amy, uh, I think this will be interesting. Uh, you do social media on your show often in real time. Uh, the question here is, do you find that challenging to do that during your show? And can you give us some tips? Um, not really, um, because I, we try to do it during our commercial breaks. A lot of times if we do a story um, that we're going to talk about on the air, what I know what Dave likes to do is set it up um, to post to the Dave and Amy Facebook page, uh, but he doesn't post it until right after we talk about it. So okay. it's ready. It's ready to go. And then when we reference it on the air, we can say, and we're, we're going to post this, you know, in a minute on our Facebook page, if you want further information, and then he hits post and it's ready to go. Um, and, and do you do any Facebook lives or anything like that during the show? You no. Know, we used to when we were together in the studio, but for two years, we weren't in the studio together. Um, oh, and, and we've now just come back into the studio together. So it's something that we probably should re-explore and get back to. But we used to do it on the back end of our, I want to say the five o'clock hour for about five or ten minutes. Um so it's something that I'd like to do again. I know there are people who do it a lot at our station, and it's been quite successful. Do you do any video before the show, anything like that? Um, no, because we haven't had a producer in a while either, and we've all been in separate places, so it's been mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. Um, that's really put a, sort of a monkey wrench into, into things. All right, here's another question for you. Uh, I feel like we talked about this a little bit, but I guess they want to know more. How much show prep do you do for every day of your life, and what is involved? <laughs> How much show prep do I do? That's right. Like I said, life is show prep. So I'm always, um, you know, filtering things through my brain saying, oh, I can use that as a segment on the air. And then Throughout the entire day, after we get off the air, we're checking news stories. And I'm always, you know, getting alerts and checking everything out. You have to be up to date on the news. So it's really a 24-7 type thing. Um, it's about an hour or two every evening where we're emailing the stories back and forth. Well, um, and listen, if something breaks overnight, right, mm -hmm. don't you feel like you're almost behind the eight ball when you get up and you're like, oh, crap, this is going on? 
Yeah, and we try to get one of our Fox radio correspondents on it, or we try to book a guest. Um, if there's breaking news, we just try to get guests on that morning. Um, I tend to book a lot of guests as well, um, just because I know a lot of people from doing news in the area. Um, so I always try to get a lot of guests on. We have a great a virologist that we have on who talks about COVID. And I've gotten a Russian expert on to talk about Russia and an oil expert to talk about the, the gas and oil situation. So there's always someone that we can talk to and, and get on. A lot of it is just, you know, it's, it's a moving show in the morning. So it's very fluid and you have to be flexible. So if we can get someone on that, we throw them on. Um, and, and that's really how it works. So it's not always, you know, when we come in at 4 a.m., a lot of times we have no show ready to go, <laughs> you know? Well, and it, look, it can be powerful when you get these guests because you feel like you're you're tapped into something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big deal, too. Listen, we do try to keep things to about an hour. This is pretty fascinating to get to talk to you about your show and, and how that show moves across time. And even during a morning, one single morning, our thanks to Amy for being our patient and giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast, which will be available here shortly. Uh, I want to thank JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Please do share our podcast, the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast with others who are interested in growing their careers in audio or people who are interested in innovation. We like them, too. Both podcasts are available on Apple, Audible, Spotify, and almost anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything from tonight's event, please remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of Innovation in Audio with the Encouragers, and good night. <laughs>